Patients would always pick the lowest priced filler, but they would want the results and the longevity of the highest priced filler. I can't believe we've t went through this whole thing on the Galderma portfolio and you still haven't mentioned your very favorite product of all. Now we can talk about it. Thank you for bringing it up. He's getting me back on track. Yeah, he's getting way off track now. So he's going all into a different podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs>
you commonly refer to Botox as like the Kleenex of neuromodulators. It's just the first one that people commonly refer to. You rarely hear people talk about going to a Javot party or a Dax party or a Dysport party. It's always Botox parties. But our choice in our clinic is, is Dysport. We offer um, most of the neuromodulators and we've had pretty good luck with almost all of them. But Dysport is our product of choice. Yes, I think the bottom line is to um, talk to your injector about why they're using a particular product in their office. All of the uh, neuromodulators work very similar in terms of their mechanism of action and the part of the, um, the muscle that they're working on. So this is working on a little receptor blocking acetylcholine. They all do that the same way, but they're formulated just a little bit differently depending on which company that you work with. One of the main things that, that we use, um, Dysport is made by a company uh, called Galderma. And we work with the entire Galderma portfolio of products. We've had really um, great customer support. This company provides outstanding training. And they have a, a product portfolio that's really large and safe. So they really, as a company, focus on safety and innovation. And uh, obviously, that's what we like to, to match up with in our practice. So we've worked with them quite a bit. Let's talk a little bit about the Dysport in particular and the onset of action and how long it lasts. So we get those questions a lot. And so yeah. what do you think about? Typically, the patients can see the onset as early as three days. I don't like to say that because I don't want you calling me at three days saying my, my neuromodulator is not working. But um, usually by five days, people are starting to see some mild changes. By seven days, you're certainly seeing changes. And you continue to have improvement and um, a, a slowing of that muscle movement up to 14 days. And some people are saying now even up to 21 days is how long it takes for onset and then the duration it actually depends on a, a few factors on um, how often has the patient had neuromodulators in the past the age of the patient the strength of the muscle you know a guy that's really heavily muscled is going to take a lot more neuromodulator and probably have movement sooner than a, a thin female um, and then also does the patient exercise how they, how they metabolize the product. So, but typically people get three to four months out of their Dysport treatments. Yeah, I mean, we usually say somewhere around three months that's when we can expect a touch up, but there's a really interesting study out for all the uh, injectors that are listening to us right now uh, called the DREAM study. And that was a study where they looked at dosing and patient satisfaction of Dysport and saw that, you know, the, the upshot of that whole study was that you could probably get by with treatment twice a year. So patients were really satisfied and happy up to five months or so, almost six months in some of those cases, um, which is really, you know, pretty astounding. So it doesn't mean the muscle movement doesn't come back before then. So what we notice is sometimes with the, any of the, the toxins or neuromodulators that we use, you will start to see some movement, but you may not see those deep lines or wrinkles. And so perhaps we don't have to treat as early unless you know you want a frozen look and no movement at all. And I think it's also important to know that skin that's in good condition is gonna appear much better, much longer than skin that's not. So a, a good skincare regimen, you know, I think every single episode of Beauty in the Brain, we talk about sun protection and wearing SPF daily. That's one of the one of the huge, huge factors, and we call it protection or your insurance. So why would you spend this money for a treatment with Dysport Botox, one of the neuromodulators, and not insure it with some good skincare product? So um, at our clinic, we we recommend you know uh, we have a couple of skincare lines that we recommend but also collagen stimulating treatments such as microneedling chemical pills and other things that we offer so i mean let's 
switch topics here a little bit. So we've talked about... Um, he's our, getting our, me back on track. Yeah, he's getting way off track now. So he's going all into a different podcast episode. <laughs> so we'll, we'll switch back to this topic and talking about how we choose which products we bring into our clinic. So just to kind of summarize on that, any of our Dysport or Botox type products, they're going to be things that freeze muscles. So if you look in the mirror and you make expressions, so you close your eyes tight, uh, look surprised, look angry, look sad, any muscles that you see moving with those expressions, that's what we can treat with those products. So it'll stop that muscle movement, which will then help soften the lines above that. But something else that, that we get asked for a lot, and we perform uh, quite a few of these procedures every day in our practice is fillers. And so the biggest class is called hyaluronic acid fillers. And so uh, hyaluronic acid, for those of you, uh, you know, who don't know, this is uh, something that's in all of our bodies. We're continuously producing this hyaluronic acid and breaking it down with enzymes in our own body. And the filler companies have found a way to put these in a syringe and link those hyaluronic acid molecules together so our body won't break them down as quickly as we normally do. So we can now take this gel, it's like a kind of like a sugar gel, and we can inject it into areas that are hollow to plump that area back up to replace anywhere you've had volume loss. So um, depending on how they link those hyaluronic acid chains together will determine how long this product will last. And so you'll hear people say my filler lasted a few months and some people say my filler lasted a year or more. So there's a lot of factors that go into that. It's how the product is produced and the molecules are linked together as well as the area we put it in and all the other factors that you talked about earlier, like exercise, lifestyle, um, all those sorts of things. So again, in our practice, we carry pretty much all the fillers that are on the market. So we have some from Allergan, some from Galderma, some from Revance. I think we're so lucky now compared to when we started this nearly 15 years ago because we have such a huge portfolio of fillers to choose from. And when we started, it was not like that at all. I mean, basically we had Restylane and Juvederm, which we still use today and they're very versatile, but now we have smart fillers, if you want to call it that because they're, the companies have done such a really good job of creating fillers that do the optimal job used in the correct place. And so I think that's, um, that's where Galderma has done like a, an incredible job for education for injectors. And I, there's a lot of information out there also on, on social media and on their websites for, for the um, customers, the consumers, to also educate themselves regarding these fillers. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I'm a huge Goderma fan and we use their entire portfolio, but um, I agree with you. They're almost like smart fillers now. Would you use the same filler, for instance, in the lips as you would in the cheeks or the jawline? In certain situations, yes. Um, there are fillers that are actually developed just for, for lips. But I think if you're using a, a Restylane L product, that it's very versatile and it can be used in lips and it can also be used for jawline augmentation. Probably not the, the best use for it, but it can also be used for cheek augmentation. So um, I think that in certain situations, certainly. Yeah, so I guess I was getting to the, to, back to your point about the smart filler. So in the beginning, we only had a couple of choices. And as these fillers have evolved, they're a lot um, different now. So they're 
a lot of them are hyaluronic acid is still the active ingredient, but some of them are a lot more elastic or stretchy than others. So think about stretching a rubber band. So if we need something that's really stretchy, um, we can put that in. Some of them are a lot more firm, and so they tend to stay exactly where we put them. So depending on what we're trying to accomplish, if we want to mimic somewhere, for instance, like bone, so we're injecting maybe in the jawline or in the cheek, and we want it, we're probably going to choose something that's a lot thicker and stronger that's designed to go in that area versus if we're injecting some fine lines around the mouth or the cheek or in the neck, we may pick one that's a lot more stretchy or thin or really designed to kind of um, go in those areas that are gonna be placed a lot more closer to the surface that you would see if we got a lump of product and we used a thicker product. So your answer to that would have been no? No, I think your, your answer is what your answer is. Like, <laughs> I, I agree, we can use it, but I think the patients, they, they get a little confused as to when they come in because we don't really let them choose. And they, they certainly, we wanna make a treatment plan together with the patient. And so we never, but because there's so many options, it's up to us to educate them on why we're picking a particular product for a certain area. In our practice, we don't make a price differentiation on types of hyaluronic acid filler. I know a lot of places will do that because some of them are more expensive than other fillers. But because we want to have you know, really optimal results, I don't want to put the patient in the middle of that because what we found when we did that for a little while was patients would always pick the lowest priced filler but they would want the results and the longevity of the highest price filler. I try to always tell my patient what filler I'm choosing for them. And the other nice thing is they can always go into their Aspire account with, um, with Galderma and see a history of what they've had and, and in some cases where we used it. But I try to educate the patients each time they sit because when we, when we do the assessment, typically what we do is we talk about upcoming treatments and we'll talk about the fact that, you know, on, on your next visit, you may need some, some lift for some, some lift in the cheeks or you may need some refine for this perioral, perioral areas or, or your favorite sculpture, which we'll talk about in a bit. But um, I think patient education is, is really important, but I like the, what you said about the patient doesn't choose the filler, but they're educated about the filler that we choose. Yeah, so they can understand whether they come back to us or go somewhere else also so we know if there's problems, if they were happy with it, why were they happy, why did we choose it, um, et cetera. So one of the things that um, I really like um, about some of the, the way that we're going with um, Galderma as a company and some of the education they're providing is on these uh, holistic integrated treatment plans. And so we just started really focusing on these. We've kind of done a version of that in our practice for years, but it's just now kind of catching on as a, you know, a formalized educational opportunity from the company. And this is where we're looking at certain areas and looking at how do we treat that entire area. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about this or you want me to talk about this, but when we first started, we really looked at like vials of filler. And we would say you need one vial, two vials, and we would kind of make an estimate, see how they responded. And we still do that to an extent, but I believe where it's a lot different now than 15 years ago when we started is that we're much better um, individually as providers, but also as an industry, it's saying we need to correct an entire area. So if somebody comes in and they're like, I just want filler under my eye. Yes, we have a filler that's approved that we can put under the eye, but if we look at them and say, hey, you have a lot of uh, hollowness in your cheeks or you have a lot of movement in your crow's feet area, we know we need to treat that entire area to really give them the most optimal 
result. And so now we're looking at ways to train providers overall so they can look at that patient holistically and say, really what you want is a result. It's not that necessarily you want one vial of filler. You're probably coming to us for the vial of filler because you don't like the hollowness under your eyes. And it's up to us to guide you and say, what are all the other things around that area to give you the optimal result? I think it's really easy, even for myself, um, to get hyper-focused on one area and, and one line and, and not to see overall facial balancing. And people tend to miss that. And so that's, that's when it comes to us. And you're, you're talking about the HIT training that you just recently went to. Um, Chris is one of the, the game trainers for Galderma, and we're very happy and proud of him for that. But they have so many new things that they're launching, and it's basically about treating the patient holistically and a focus on facial balancing. Do you want to talk a little about how the, because I think we're going to feature that. Yeah, we're going to feature that. We're going to have a whole episode on that, and actually we're going to be doing that um, within the next few weeks on our new eye treatment. And so we'll, we'll get kind of in the hit for the eye treatment and how we do that. But even though they don't have formal training for the, all the areas, I, you know, I kind of want to point out that that's something that we basically had, had already started doing as providers. I think many, many providers are doing that. One of the things from the patient standpoint, because for so many years we focused on number of vials, and I think cost is the biggest barrier because patients see these high prices. And um, I mean, I remember clearly before we started in this business, it was probably 18 years ago, that I went to a plastic surgeon in Chicago. I wanted my nasolabial folds addressed. Next thing I know, they're putting two vials of fillers there and I go to the front to check out and it was $1,400. And, you know, I nearly had a heart attack. I wasn't prepared. I was, you know, not making a lot of money at that time, but I, I was too embarrassed to say anything about it. And so I think sometimes these, when we start talking about you need three or four or six vials for a full correction, um, you know, the patients get a little bit discouraged mainly because of cost. So we've tried to find ways to bundle this, to, you know, bring the prices down as much as we can as providers, but um, also educate the patients. You know, if you buy one vial, yes, you're going to save money, but this is not going to be the result you want. So now you're going to still have spent a lot of money and potentially be unhappy with the result. And so I think we're just better as providers at educating on how many vials we will need to correct an entire area. And it may not just be one product. It may be a mix of different types of product depending on that individual patient's assessment. One of the things that we focus on is on our patient's first visit, we try to set up a plan. We're always like very budget conscious at our clinic because we don't want anyone to feel like this isn't attainable for them. And so you can, you can set up a plan. And the way that I like to do is I, I try to focus on what bothers the patient the most to start with, if that's possible. But it's not always possible because a lot of times just like giving them some full face, mid face volume is going to correct some of the nasolabial folds, for instance. Um, the, you know, and the patients oftentimes don't understand that. So that's when they rely on us to come up with a treatment plan that's gonna give them the optimal result for the amount of money that fits their budget, I'll say. We've talked a little bit about people being afraid or shying away from multiple vials because of price. But also I think people are afraid when we tell them they need five or seven vials that they're gonna look overdone. So uh, why don't you talk a little bit about how much volume or how much an actual vial of filler is so people understand that it's not really that much product. Yeah, it's it's truly not that much product. We have each, um, 
each of these are one milliliter. And so, you know, it's less than a teaspoon of filler. It takes and, five of those to make a teaspoon, right? right. And so it's, you know, when you, when you take into consideration that amount of volume and you're trying to augment a cheek or you're trying to do some volume correction in a, a nasal labial fold or you're trying to give a slight augmentation to a lip or a chin, for instance, like it takes a ton. And most of the people that you see that are really overdone and over augmented, it's not necessarily U.S. products that are being used. Yeah, I just saw, I mean, it's really interesting because um, they do have these products available in larger quantities. So in the U.S., it all comes under 1.5 or 1.2 ml. So most of the hyaluronic acid fillers are 1 ml. Like I said, there's a few that are a little bit more than that. But um, some of the international brands are much larger volume. I actually just saw a provider that we both follow, and he's uh, not in the U.S., but he was doing a butt lift with hyaluronic acid fillers, and he had put 100 milliliters. So it would be like 100 vials of filler into this lady's butt only to correct her hip dips. This didn't even begin to correct the rest of the butt. And in his post, he said that it may require up to 600 milliliters or 600 vials of filler is what we would compare that to here in the U.S. So, I mean, really, we can put lots of filler all over the body because it is a naturally occurring hyaluronic acid. So you want to make sure that your provider is educated on what they're using, that they're using an approved product for wherever you are in the world, and that um, they're following all the uh, manufacturer's guidelines to make sure they're not overdoing it. But that being said, we can easily, when we talk about full liquid facelifts and um, what it takes to do a full facial rejuvenation, um, we can easily get up into five, seven, nine vials of filler and not have a patient and still look leave a beautiful result. Right, they're gonna look very natural, not overdone at all. And, and so um, I, I really wanted to spell that um, you know myth that when you have all those vials of filler, five, seven, nine vials of filler, that you're gonna look overcorrected. I think a lot of those patients that end up with those abnormal looks, it may be improper placement, improper patient selection, unrealistic goals, um, because it's not always the volume of the filler because you can put multiple vials in and still maintain a really natural result. Yeah, I agree. I can't believe we've t went through this whole thing on the Galderma portfolio and you still haven't mentioned your very favorite product of all, which is uh, Sculptra. Sculptra. Yeah. And we all know, know anyone that's watched any episode, it's it's mentioned every Yeah, this time. may be the first uh, podcast that I haven't mentioned Sculptra, so I don't know. But now we can talk about it. Thank you for bringing it up. <laughs> uh, Sculptra is another wonderful product from uh, Galderma. It's probably my favorite product. I always say if I'm stranded on a desert island, give me my Sculptra. That's the one thing I would take. So this is not a hyaluronic acid filler. It's actually... Uh, polyolactic acid, which is a ground up suture-like material. And we're using this to stimulate collagen. And for me, I really like the idea of using our body's own ability to produce collagen to uh, see these results rather than us just continuing to you know, freeze muscles or plump up things with HA uh, or hyaluronic acid. Those definitely have their place. But when we talk about a more natural looking result, glowing skin, smooth skin, um, you know, correcting some volume, especially after things like, uh, you know, significant weight loss or um, whether it's through surgical means or some of the newer weight loss drugs, you know, this is my favorite product. It's a series of treatment. For those of you who don't know about it, it's going to take somewhere, you know, between two or three treatments based around a month uh, to six weeks apart to really get your optimal result. But this is going to be a result that lasts for a while. It's approved um, for two years. 
but we know that patients, we're seeing them four and five years after their initial sculpture. They have to have some touch-ups and some tweaks in between, but they don't need that full series all over again if they stay um, on top of some of their um, other treatments. Right before we um, close out or get ready to wrap it up here, I wanna talk a little bit about new things that are coming out, so that's super exciting. So I know that um, with Galderma, they really focus on innovation and safety, and again, we, um, really partner well with them. And so we use a lot of their products. Their most recent one was iLight, was their newest approval. However, the competitor company has a really interesting product that's coming out soon. So this is by Allergan. That's the company who makes Botox and all the Juvederm line of fillers. And clearly, uh, Juvederm's been around for a long time as well. And they have a lot of fillers developed for specific areas. But their newest one coming out is called SkinVive. Have you heard of this one? I've heard of it. Yeah, so it's, it, it's kind of like, uh, you and I have talked about this before, um, like Profilo or some of the international skin booster treatment. So this is something that really is to um, moisturize the skin, to bring hydration into the skin, to help plump it and smooth it. It's the first of the, this type of filler approved for this area that we're gonna have in the US. And that's gonna be coming out, um, I think later, it's already approved, and I believe it's gonna be available for purchase later this month or next month. And so I'm sure we'll get our hands on that and try that as, as well in our practice. Yeah, there's always new things in this industry, so it's it's a it's a constant, constant, constant change, um, and fortunately, it's constantly changing for the better. So, um, we're excited for all the upcoming changes. So, stay tuned, and that's one of the things that we try to talk about on each episode of uh, Beauty in the Brain is like upcoming changes, new products that are on the market, and products that maybe are on the market that we don't necessarily care for. So. We're just excited that we have all of these things available at Skin and Tonic in the office that we're able to provide. And so we have a whole arsenal of things to help like an array of problems that people may come in with. So come and see us at the clinic. If you have any questions, certainly you can reach out to us on, uh, on social media. Most of you have like personal phones or cell phones even. So um, any closing comments? No. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, stay tuned next week. We're going to have another exciting episode of Beauty and the Brain.